0: So grateful to be connected with so many empowering and talented women in this industry. I went into this podcast interview feeling overwhelmed and really ready for my vacation last week. I know that sounds bratty, but it's true. And I always want to be real with you. However, I walked away so inspired and driven to make adjustments in daily work and personal life. Chriselle Lim is considered one of the pioneers in digital fashion content, starting her YouTube channel and website, The Krisel Factor in 2011 from her college dorm room. We talk about the reality that creating unique content every day is a lot to ask, and we need to be okay with the fact that there are lulls and inspiration. Additionally, we discuss the power of slowing down, not being reactionary and saying no to the constant ask from others. Chriselle is also the co-founder of Bumo, which is an early childhood education platform. She is passionate about finding a modern solution for millennial parents and specifically working mothers. During the pandemic, she started Bumo Brain, helping parents educate their children virtually in the pandemic. I really actually want to start from the beginning with you because I even need a little bit of a refresh. I just want to hear a little bit about your background and like your styling background and what made you really get into the digital space.
1: Yeah. So I started off in college just with this immense interest of fashion, but fun story. I actually was studying accounting which was something that I never thought I would do. But I honestly had (laughs) no idea what I want to do for my future. And my mom was like, look, your cousin is an accountant. He has a great stable job. And That that was their whole thing back then, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, as long Mm -hmm. as it's stable, then it's good. And she was like, you should just study accounting. I was like, I'm good at math. So yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So I started going to Cal Poly Pomona for accounting. And then I realized that there was a small program in agriculture. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I somehow discovered that it was linked to fashion because of textiles and fabrics and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I became very fascinated by that. And so I took one class. And then I realized, wow, people are actually doing fashion for a living, like this is their job. And so that is actually how it all started for me. I then dropped out of Cal Poly and then went to FITM because I knew that I wanted to do fashion. And this is like pre, this is pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook, any of that. And so I was just, you know, and as you know it, like fashion back then was only for the people that really was kind of in it already. And it was We're hard- in the industry, exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I just didn't understand how I was able to get my foot into the door. So once I moved to LA, started going to Fitem, I got these internships. And then I was exposed to stylists because I was working at a PR company and a lot of stylists would come by and first of all, I hated PR. Like I was horrible at it. And
0: (laughs) I would be so bad at it. I mean, I worked at People's Revolution with Kelly Catrone, and I was always like, "Eh, I feel like I should do this in order to get the experience. But I don't know. I always felt like PR was sort of like a salesperson and I just feel like I'm the worst salesperson. So it was hard for me, but same, I get it. Yeah, same.
1: And I do remember watching you when you were working at the PR company for your show. And I was like, this looks Cool, but you know, obviously, when you're watching it from a TV show, it's completely different when you're experiencing it. Oh, (laughs) totally. So, (laughs) once I started experiencing it, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. But then (laughs) I discovered a lot of stylists and I became close to one of them. Her name is Tanya Gill, who I eventually ended up becoming her assistant. And she Uh was styling a lot of A list celebrities back then on the red carpet and that was my first exposure to celebrity styling and I, I had no idea that celebrities even had stylists. Like I come from a small town and I was like, what? They don't get up and just get dressed themselves? Like this is mind blowing to me. So <laughs>
0: I know it's right. crazy to think I would I think you didn't really realize how much actually went into it you know
1: totally. I think that the
0: the the like everyday person not necessarily in the fashion industry just would not know the art and like the eye that it takes to put that all together
1: right yeah and I didn't understand that it was an actual business so yeah. then after my internship with Carla Otto, this PR company, I went on to assist Tanya because I built up a good relationship with her. And I just started working for her for a few years and then just loved it, like absolutely loved everything about styling. I love like um, putting the looks together. But I also love like the logistics of schlepping and like that whole thing, like even though yeah. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't glamorous, there was something so gratifying at the end, which mm-hmm. is the result that you get, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I just love the whole process. And I, I was styling for a long time. And then I got a position at a company called Genlux magazine, a local LA luxury magazine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I kind of worked my way up there to become the fashion director. And so that's how it all started for me. And that was way before YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And then when I when I was at Gen Lux, that's when I discovered YouTube. And Mm -hmm. I was like, huh, like maybe there's something here. Why don't I upload a video about like how to style a scarf in like 50 different ways. And it went viral overnight. And I was like, what? Like uh, what? I don't understand how this is working. And and I just got hooked. Right. And I got hooked on creating content. And it was very similar to styling the whole process of, you know, mood boarding, then pulling the clothes and like finding the right accessories in the shoes and then like seeing the end result was so gratifying to me. And the same thing with creating video content was like mm-hmm. thinking of the idea, mood boarding it and then like shooting it and filming it and then editing it and then finding the right music to set the mood. And and then the end result is people actually appreciating the work and the art that you've actually put out there. And so it was Obviously different, but it was similar in that sense of I was able to be creative and put something that I really loved to an audience that could appreciate it. And so that's how I actually got into, transitioned over to digital. That's so interesting.
0: I feel like I only knew little nuggets of that, but I love that whole story just because I feel like, and you probably get this too, so many of the people that are in my community want to know how to get their foot in the door in the fashion industry. And I've always said it's just by like following these little gut feelings and these little positions that maybe like don't pay much and that you have to hustle, but just like even not knowing exactly where you want to start, but just getting your foot into like one asset of the industry and just continuing to like work through it. I think that kind of
1: experience is like the best way to just throw yourself into it. Totally. And you know, for me, I knew I loved fashion, but did I know exactly what I wanted in fashion? No, like I had no clue. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of a lot of kids are. Um, Mm -hmm. They just want to get their foot in the door. So just start somewhere. Like you don't have to start where you think you're going to end up at. And you just have to start somewhere and you'll figure out the things that you love about it, the things that you don't, the things Mm -hmm. that you're naturally good at, the things that you're naturally not good at. And you'll figure it out along the way. And you just have to be patient with yourself. Yeah.
0: And now word from one of our brand partners. So if you've been listening for a little while, you know that I have been loving Elemis forever and I'm actually working with them. So it's really exciting for me to work for a brand that's so easy to talk about because I just love Elemis. They are the number one luxury British skincare brand that believes in, quote, truth in beauty. I had heard so long ago about their Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm. I tried it and was like, oh my God, there's nothing like this out there. And I stopped using it for a little while. And then I recently got back in touch with the team over at Elmis, and they were kind enough to send me a jar. And let me tell you, like the hype that I remember is real. It's so amazing. It has this unique transformative texture that melts away every bit of makeup, grime and daily impurities. It nourishes as a bomb, like easily removing everything on your face, makeup, all the gritty, yucky stuff as a cleansing oil and hydrates as a cleansing milk. It really feels like spa in a jar. And remember when I were talking about how amazing their aromatic blends are, this has a blend of nine essential oils, including lavender, chamomile, and eucalyptus, like all super soothing scents that you smell in spas. I'm hooked. I love pro collagen cleansing bombs so much. I want you to try it too for almost 20% off. Visit Elemis.com and enter code WITHWIT20 to enjoy 20% off full-size products. That's Elemis.com, E-L-E-M-I-S.com and enter code WITHWIT20 to enjoy 20% off full-size products. And now back to our chat. You know, after now creating this like whole social media empire and creating all this like beautiful, meaningful, funny, relatable content, like where do you find the inspiration for all of your like continually new content and to just keep it fresh and interesting? Like, do you plan out days just to be creative?
1: I was just talking with my team about this about an hour before I jumped on this call with you because. You know, it's normal to go through seasons of no inspiration at all. And there's, it's normal to go through seasons where you just cannot stop the ideas coming. And you just have to accept as a creator. And if your product is creating content, you have to respect those seasons. Because if you're trying to force and churn out content nonstop, it's not going to be good content towards the end. Because people are gonna feel it, right? And so I felt like the first, I would say seven years of my career when I first started YouTube and my blog, we were nonstop. Like I built out a small team and we were just churning it out. And people were like, How did you do it? And I was like, honestly, it was easy back then because I had all these fresh ideas and had I had all these things that I haven't done before. And the ideas were coming at me a million miles per hour. I didn't even have to. Think about it. But now it's a different story because I've been doing this for, I think, close to about 14 years now. And just imagine still creating content 14 years later about fashion and beauty. There are going to be seasons, and there have been seasons, where I'm just like, oh, I can't think of anything. Like, should we just copy? what's trending on TikTok. And yeah, that's totally fine. Uh you know, something might go viral if you if you catch on the TikTok trend, but but that's not longevity because trends are like if you're lucky you'll hit it and you cannot bank your career off of trends, right? So for me, when I'm feeling a season of just no inspiration at all, I just accept it and I'm like my content right now is going to be shitty. And that's okay. And in a few months, something will come to me. I know because that's just who I am. Like I am a creative soul. It's in me, but I just need the season to just chill and put out like whatever content and I'll come back at some point. And that's totally okay.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. And obviously doing that for your your job and for your creativity and inspiration, but also just in life. Like, I feel like that's what meditation teaches you to just like sit in your feeling and be okay with it and not judge it and just like allow time to obviously heal things and to just let like, things naturally come and setting to force things away or force things down or force ideas to come like your best ideas, your best work isn't going to come in those moments. So that's really good advice. Yeah. I feel like with all of the different projects going on, obviously with your social media, with Boomo, with being a mom, like what kind of do what kind of tools do you use to stay organized and like find time to give each one the right amount of attention? Like, do you have any tips like that about like keeping your focus or any kind of like scheduling things that you do to keep things on task and in line?
1: Yeah. So I kind of switch it up every season because I'm like, no, I want to write everything down and oh no, I wanna do all digital. Like I just but I think I finally figured it out because this year I've I've just been going through a lot of changes and I've had to stay really, really organized with all the different businesses and changes in my life. And so I realized that for it to really stick in my brain, I have to write it down. I know that's really old school of me, but once I write it down, I will not forget it. So I have a planner, like just a generic planner. I write down, um, pretty much every single day. So I have my schedule planned out usually a week in advance. And so I'll have that schedule written down in like a day-to-day calendar. But then I also have my to-do list, which is, I use the app Todoist. I think it's a really popular app actually, but I use Todoist. It's linked to my phone and also my computer and it's super easy. It's not fancy at all, which I love because I think I've tried a lot of fancy apps and they just couldn't Get stick with it. With it. Yeah. Exactly. It was more yeah. complicated and more work for me. But to Todoist is literally just like you press on a little tab and then you can add like whatever you need to do for the day. And if you don't finish it, it'll roll over to the next day. And it's super simple. And you could also share your to-do board. So I have a to-do board with my team for like let's say podcast uh, sponsorships or episodes, right, right. and then I'll share that to do list with them, and they'll they'll continue to add on to it if there's more things coming up. So we're all kind of synced and in line with each other. I also have a different to do list on that app for Boomo with my Boomo team, so they'll they'll continue to add on their like what they need me to do on the Boomo side, and then it all collectively has different due dates. And so on my side, what I see is what everyone else needs from me in one big kind of just like page of to do things for the day. And so that's been working really well for me.
0: There are days sometimes when I feel like a little overwhelmed, probably like you, where you feel like you have to be so performative, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have to be talking all the time. You have to be you're be filming. You have to be recording, do you ever wake up in the morning and you look at your schedule and you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And like, how do you find the,
1: the will and like,
0: you know, yeah.
1: Get yourself to do it. Yeah. How I start my day now is a little different than what I was doing before. And before I would always just kind of wake up panic mode, look at my list, look at my email, check in and kind of start my day off on that, tone of voice of anxiety and Mm -hmm. so I stopped doing that so I always start off the day with um, I've been reading a lot and reading is something that really calms my nerves Um, it always has been as a kid and so it doesn't have to be reading for everyone else but whatever that thing is if you're an anxious person it's probably best to start off your day in a calm setting right And so that's what I do because I'm naturally very, very anxious. So I always start off with at least like 15 minutes of reading. It could be literally anything and it immediately calms me down. I used to read at night because it relaxes me. But then I I just like put myself to sleep by reading (laughs) because I don't know, it just like relaxes me. But in the morning, it calms my anxiousness down. And so I start off that way. And then kind of going into the question of how do I deal with things that I don't want to do? There's always going to be things that are on my list where I committed to. And I'm like, oh, why did I commit to that? But I am learning, especially in this season of change in my life, that I'm fully responsible of that. If I said yes to something that I don't want to do, that's on me. And so I'm a lot more intuitive now from the beginning, from the start. Like I know myself at this point and I'm I'm usually a yeser, right? Because I want to, I'm a pleaser, right? Like I want to make everyone happy. And so I'm a lot more aware now. So honestly, like I'm not the best texter because it takes me a while to think about things. And yeah, <laughs> instead of instead of being like, yes, I'll do it because that's usually what I naturally will do because I, right. I just want to like give people an answer because I- Please everyone. Yeah, yeah, but now I'll just look at it. I might ignore it for a day or two, um, sometimes a week. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I could do it. And that's
0: okay. And like you have to give yourself permission to do that and then not feel guilty about it.
1: Yeah. And allowing yourself to say no. I know we hear this all the time, but yeah, in this season of my life, I've really been practicing that. And it's really, really empowering when you are able to say no, obviously still in a kind way. Like I'll never be an asshole being like, Oh, hell no. Like I I don't like that, you know. But I'm always just like no, I I can't make it. And that's it. You don't have to give them a reason why you can't do it. And Mm -hmm. that's just like the end of end of day. So I I've been less anxious because I'm saying yes to less things and I'm saying no more now than ever before. So I don't feel as anxious as I used to anymore because i used to look at my schedule and i'm like oh i don't want to do this i don't want to do that why did i say yes to this
0: i feel like we're also very reactive now you so know reactive like so much reactivity because there's also so much impatience and you feel this like need to write back because you think other people expect it of you. And then all of a sudden you've committed to something. And it's like, that's sometimes the bad part about technology, right? Is that this, this need to respond without actually thinking about things. And I just sometimes not the way to live.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I, I have to put it into perspective because for me, when I don't hear back from someone and I ask them to do something, I honestly, literally don't don't take it into offense at all because I'm like, oh, they that's probably them like saying no or like maybe they're too busy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm yeah, yeah, I'm in a place in my life where I feel okay with that, you know. So I'm like, yeah. why can't I do that for myself then? Like, why do right. I feel so uncomfortable making other people wait or not even answering when I can handle it when other people do it to me? So right. I've been practicing that a bit more with myself. And now word from
0: one of our brand partners.
1: This episode
0: is brought to you by Bitty Baby from American Girl. Imaginative play is so, so, so important. I remember when I was young, my mom would always have us lay on the ground and look up at the clouds and try to see what kind of formations they made. And she always, always, always got us dolls because it was a way for us to grow independence and nurture something and really grow our imagination because every child loves to play pretend and parents know the stories children act out help shape the person they grow to be. That's why it's so important, like my mom did, to provide your little ones with toys that foster those nurturing traits of love, kindness, and care Bitty baby is the best way for moms to introduce their little ones to the world of American Girl. They're so cute. When I showed Sonny his bitty baby, he was so excited. It was as if he was given this huge responsibility and you could just feel the confidence in his smile. Bitty Baby provides young children a fun way to learn by enacting moments of nurture. They can hug them. They can pay attention to the detail. They can dress them. They can teach them lessons. They are customizable dolls and have customizable accessories and outfits so they can really act out so much. And this year, Biddy Baby is getting a whole new look with new designs and colors plus matching clothes so they can coordinate their looks. And you'll find all the modern accessories and real- real-world furniture needed to support the story moments. You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Bitty Baby products with promo code WITHWIT at americangirl.com. That's americangirl.com with promo code WITHWIT to get the cutest Bitty Baby doll. Exclusions include 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby Furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash BB podcast for details. And now back to our chat. Well, I want to transition into talking about Boomo, something that we're obviously both so passionate about. And I just want you to tell everyone in case they haven't heard about what it is, just like where the idea came from and what it is and what's going on with it right now, because there's so much exciting stuff going on with
1: it. Yeah, thank you. So Bumo was an idea that I had when I first became a mom. I you know, I always prided myself as a working woman. And I told myself, once I have a kid, things are not going to change. I'm still going to just be a driven career woman. I'm going to be an awesome, present parent. And then, of course, I had my first daughter and I was like, holy crap, like, what is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I I did not sign up for this. How come I feel yes. like such a shitty parent? How come I can barely get any work done. And when I do get my work done, I feel guilty about getting my work done because I'm not being a present parent. And so I felt like I had to choose one or the other. Like it's either I'm a career woman or it's either I'm a full time mom. I thought that was unfair. So I went out there and started looking for places where I could be co-located with my daughter so I could work out of there while finding care. Simple, right? You you would think, oh yeah, like some co-working space would have that, right? but mm-hmm, to my mm-hmm. surprise there were none that had it to the full extent that i wanted it at there was a few places like the wing where they had child care but it's not fully licensed child care which means that when you don't have the full license and by the way it's pretty hard to get unless you're that is part of your kind of build out plan, because there's a lot of little things that you have to build out in order to get fully licensed, then you cannot legally change a child's diaper, you cannot legally feed them, you cannot legally nap them, and they can't be on site for more than three hours. So for me, I was like, okay, like, this is equivalent to maybe like a gym, gym babysitting club type of situation, right? and even though it's better than no childcare at all uh, it's not a long term solution for a working woman like me what if i needed to do a full day of work from like 9am until 6pm like i can't do that without like a fully licensed childcare place and so that's when i was like okay there's none out there I'm going to build it. If no one uses it, it's fine because I'll at least use it. My friends will use it. And yeah. and that was the initial plan for me to build it for myself and my own community because my community told me that they wanted it and needed it as well. And so that's how Bumo started. And, of course, I had amazing women like yourself, Whitney, and Jessica Alba, Ali Webb, Rebecca Minkoff. I, I mean, I'm very, very fortunate and blessed to have so many amazing career driven mothers around me that understood the concept. And so they not only wanted to help me, but they also want to invest in me and the company. And so when I started to build kind of my team of women who wanted to be on board, I was unstoppable from there. And I was like, I have everything that I need to make this successful. And so that's when we got the Westfield deal. They were so jazzed about the concept because one, at the time, they were looking for, because Westfield Century City, it's, I don't know, I mean, you've obviously been there, but for yes, yes. the people that are listening that haven't been to mm-hmm. Westfield Century City, it's not, just a shopping center, like you go there to hang out with your family, right? Right.
0: It's a whole experience. That's actually, I mean, even before it was Westfield, that Century City Shopping Mall was the mall that I grew up at. Like my mm. parents would drop me off there on Friday and Saturday night. Oh. So I also have like so much love and nostalgia. I um, love that. I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
1: it is. <laughs> it is. It's, it is a nostalgic place. It is
0: family. Place. It's a
1: family place. And so yeah. When Westfield, we told them about this concept, they're like, oh, we want this concept first in our shopping center. And so Mm -hmm. they pretty much paid us to build out Bumo in their location on the second floor next to Bloomingdale's prime location. And, And then what happened after that was quite tragic because 2020 was a year and COVID happened. And so that's when... Joan, my co-founder and I, and by the way, Joan is, her background is in education. And so we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we don't know when COVID's going to go away. We have all of this amazing curriculum that we started to build out to launch at the physical location. Why don't we temporarily retrofit this to like an online model and see if parents would want to like plug their kids into our curriculum online during COVID. And so we did that as just kind of like a tester COVID thing to like help out parents. And it literally blew up overnight because parents were in panic mode. They did not know Mm -hmm. what to do with their kids. All the schools were shutting down. And we're serving the age group of ages two to six. And so although there might be great online classes and resources for kids that are in middle school and high school and college, when it came to early childhood education, there was really nothing. Mm -mm. Yeah. And so that's when a lot of parents started to hear about us. We taught over 50,000 classes within like the first, I think six months of starting our business. It was pretty insane. Entrepreneur Magazine put us on the cover next to like the co-founders of Zoom and Peloton, Google as uh, kind of people that were shifting their businesses to build out the future of what a new COVID world would look like. And that's when we really honestly realized that we were onto something much bigger than what we would have ever imagined. And that wasn't just a physical location, although that is still one of our core models. But we realized that Families have very little access to quality education all around the globe, and a lot of it is determined by the area code that you live in. Here, at least in the United States, if you live in an, an area code without kind of those resources, then you bet that your child won't get the best of the education that they need at that age group. So we realize that this is not just a COVID play; it's a it's an early childhood education problem that we're actually solving. And so that's how Boomo Brain was born.
0: What's in the immediate future for Boomo Brain?
1: Yeah, so Boomo Brain was definitely kind of, it was meant to be a tester in the beginning, but it's, right. it's opened up our eyes to far more than just like temporarily serving families during COVID. So what's happening right. now is that because our physical location, we are opening up more locations, but we cannot physically get into all the cities that people are asking us to get into. um, People are like, well, how do we bring Bumo to our home? Like, how do we get the curriculum? How Mm -hmm. do we get the education? So we're actually launching our on-demand platform. Kids can plug into... Classes anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, That's amazing. And it's pretty much guilt free screen time content. Screen time is a reality for people, especially working of parents. Like, of uh, I am guilty of this. And it's something that we should make it a positive experience, not a negative experience. And you know, there could be a lot of things that kids can learn from different platforms. And so, mm-hmm. Joan and I, my co founder, the question we had was like, okay, what would we feel? good about giving our kids and they'll be thoroughly entertained, engaged. We can work for like our plugged in. They won't bother us. And so that's what what our on demand content is on demand. And we have been beta testing it. And the just what people are saying about it is quite incredible. And the kids are engaged. They're watching it for long periods of time. And it's it's Fun and it's educational, and they're learning things. They're learning about emotions and kindness, and um, they're dancing and th- there's movement. And so we're we're really excited about this. that. And that is kind of the next iteration of Boomo Brain to be able to reach more people. But with Boomo Work, what's been really exciting for us is that we thought COVID was going to kill us, right? We thought, oh my God, COVID is going to kill. This physical space model. The whole concept. The yeah. whole concept. Yeah. But it actually helped us in ways that we can have imagined. Because this is one full year after parents have been stuck at home, working from home with their kids, their employers realizing that their parents actually need more support than they've ever realized. So what's happening now is that not only are parents coming to us because they're like, oh, my God, my my company is now permanent work from home or it's hybrid work from home. So half half at work and half at home. But I don't want to be at home because I can't get anything done. Right. 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 But so we have those people coming to us. But then because of covid, we have companies now coming to us being like we need something to support our working parents. So we're actually going into a really big tech company. I can't reveal who it is, but everyone uses it. Everyone knows about it. And they have within their company over 600 kids alone. And so everyone is asking for maternity paternity leave. People are going on these leaves. They're not coming back. And this is a tech company. You know, they need the talent, right? Right, And so the question with these companies are, how do we retain our talent? And how do we recruit in more talent? So they're using Boomo Work as a tool. And so this company is actually building out a Boomo Work on the bottom floor of their headquarters. And they're allowing all of their parents to kind of work out of there and be co located with their kids.
0: That's really so incredible. Yeah, it's so it's it's crazy to think that something like this hasn't existed or doesn't exist. You know, it's just like so useful and creates such like a sense of community and support for the team. And I am I'm just so like always
1: impressed by everything you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. And yeah, there's been studies where when parents are not just like. Because everyone can get care, right? Like everyone can put their kid into daycare or preschool and like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But they actually did a survey within their company of like productivity level, people actually being able to be with their kids, but still have the support, right? So that your kid is not like interrupting you every five minutes. actually their happiness level went up. And because of their happiness level went up, their productivity level went up. So the company benefited from that. Right. And so people are realizing that you have to think of these things like these people that used to ask for unlimited time vacation days or like fear beer on a Friday on happy Fridays or or whatever. (laughs) They don't We don't value (laughs) those things anymore. Yes, maybe right Right, after college, but once you have kids, it just changes. So Totally, totally. Yeah. You have
0: to support that. Well, I love that you guys are on this path to do that because I just think it's such a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful thing and really helps get rid of the stigma too of like you can't do both because you can. You know, it really like it's always working towards erasing that stigma. Yeah. So then you turned obviously that into your podcast being Boomo. How has that been going?
1: You know me, like my background comes in. My forte in all of this is content creation. So with Bumo, mm-hmm. even, even though that was like an idea that I had, my co-founder really executed it on the operations side. And all the nitty gritty things that I couldn't have really done without her. But what I really spearhead over there is the content side. And for me, I know what I'm great at, which is content creation. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, launch a TikTok. I'm going to do Instagram. I'm going to create a, a podcast. And so, yeah, we I have a podcast called Being Bumo. And Whitney's been on it as well. And yes. <laughs> it's just been... You know, for me, uh, everything that I create is for something. I know this sounds selfish, but I create it for myself because if I know that I need it, then there's someone else out there that's going to need it. A hundred percent. Right? the greatest ideas really come from problems that you just can't find a solution to. Right. And so with parenting, there's a million problems. There's like literally a new problem every single day that you couldn't have ever thought of, whether it be like not being able to get your baby to sleep or to like, not being able to lose your, the weight that you've gained or to, I don't know, like not being able to connect with your partner anymore after having a child. Like there are so many things that I personally couldn't figure out on my own. So that is the podcast as far as like the questions that I continually ask myself as a parent and what the community is asking for. So that's being Boomo.
0: Oh, amazing. Okay, awesome. What do you feel like the most excited for right now as this like a new season is opening up for you?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just excited about life right now because I I am starting a new chapter in my life and I just feel like I view things very differently. I view success differently. I'm able to manage my time so much better. I'm able to say no to things that I don't want to do. And I genuinely do the things that I want to do because I really, really, really want to do it. And so I think I'm leading my life with a lot more intention now and less guilt. I'm able to just do things because I want to and not having to have a reason necessarily. Before, I I felt like I always had to have a reason like, oh, I want to go hang out with my friends. I feel guilty though. Like I can't, I can't do that because I have the kids and I I should, I should be spending more time with them. Little things like that. And so, and for people that have been following me for a while, they know me as like the woman that doesn't really stop. Like I, I'm always working. I'm always continuously building things and have new ideas and creating content. But I think the season of my life is very different because I am okay with slowing down. I'm okay with pausing and taking a break. And I feel great about it. I don't feel guilty about it, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think sometimes that comes with maturity. And that also just comes with making certain decisions that you, like, know are right. And yeah. Thank you for doing this. Of course. And where can everybody find you and all of your businesses and endeavors? Yeah. So
1: um, you can find me personally on Instagram at Chrisell or on TikTok at Chrisell And as far as Bumo goes, Bumo Work is at Bumo Work on Instagram. And if you want to find out more information, it's just com. If you're interested on the on-demand educational platform, that's at Boomobrain or com. Oh, and then, of course, my podcast, which is Being Bumo. So that's it.